What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. Welcome to the uh, Good Friday edition of the New Vision Podcast as we conclude our uh, Holy Week readings. Uh, I'm Philip Robinson, one of the pastors, and I've invited my wife Susan uh, to uh, read today's text. A lot of verses, and honestly, she's a better reader than I am. And one of the joys of uh, of my life is listening to her read to our grandkids. Uh, so I wanted to share her one of her giftings with you today. She'll be reading uh, Mark's account of what Jesus experienced uh, the day of his crucifixion. Susan? I'm reading Mark 14, 41 through 15, 47 in the NIV. He said to them, The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Just as he was speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, appeared. With him was a crowd armed with swords and clubs sent from the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders. Now the betrayer had arranged a signal with them. The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him and lead him away under guard. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, Rabbi, and kissed him. The men seized Jesus and arrested him. Then one of those standing near drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Am I leading a rebellion, said Jesus, that you have come out with swords and clubs to capture me? Every day I was with you, teaching in the temple courts, and you did not arrest me. But the scriptures must be fulfilled. Then everyone deserted him and fled. A young man, wearing nothing but a linen garment, was following Jesus. When they seized him, he fled naked leaving his garment behind. They took Jesus to the high priest, and all the chief priests, the elders, and the teachers of the law came together. Peter followed him at a distance, right into the courtyard of the high priest. There he sat with the guards and warmed himself at the fire. The chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for evidence against Jesus so that they could put him to death, but they did not find any. Many testified falsely against him but their statements did not agree. Then some stood up and gave this false testimony against him. We heard him say, I will destroy this temple made with human hands and in three days will build another not made with hands. Yet even then their testimony did not agree. Then the high priest stood up before them and asked Jesus, Are you not going to answer? What is this testimony that these men are bringing against you? But Jesus remained silent and gave no answer. Again, the high priest asked him, Are you the Messiah, the Son of the Blessed One? I am, said Jesus, and you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. The high priest tore his clothes. Why do we need any more witnesses? He asked. You have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? They all condemned him as worthy of death. Then some began to spit at him. They blindfolded him, struck him with their fists, and said, Prophesy! And the guards took him and beat him. While Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came by. When she saw Peter warming himself, she looked closely at him. 
You also were with that Nazarene, Jesus, she said, but he denied it. I don't know or understand what you're talking about, he said, and went out into the entryway. When the servant girl saw him there, she said again to those standing around, This fellow is one of them. Again, he denied it. After a little while, those standing near said to Peter, Surely you are one of them, for you are a Galilean. He began to call down curses, and he swore to them, I don't know this man you're talking about. Immediately, the rooster crowed the second time. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows twice, you will disown me three times. And he broke down and wept. Very early in the morning, the chief priests with the elders, the teachers of the law, and the whole Sanhedrin made their plans. So they bound Jesus, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate. Are you the king of the Jews? asked Pilate. You have said so, Jesus replied. The chief priests accused him of many things. So again Pilate asked him, Aren't you going to answer? See how many things they are accusing you of. But Jesus still made no reply, and Pilate was amazed. Now it was the custom at the festival to release a prisoner whom the people requested. A man called Barabbas was in prison with the insurrectionists who had committed murder in the uprising. The crowd came up and asked Pilate to do for them what he usually did. Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? asked Pilate. Knowing it was out of self-interest that the chief priests had handed Jesus over to him. But the chief priests stirred up the crowd to have Pilate release Barabbas instead. What shall I do then with the one you call the king of the Jews? Pilate asked them. Crucify him, they shouted. Why? What crime has he committed? asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, Crucify him! Wanting to satisfy the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them. He had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. The soldiers led Jesus away into the palace, that is, the praetorium, and called together the whole company of soldiers. They put a purple robe on him, then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on him. And they began to call out to him, Hail, King of the Jews! Again and again they struck him on the head with a staff and spit on him. Falling on their knees, they paid homage to him. And when they had mocked him, they took off the purple robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him out to crucify him. A certain man from Cyrene, Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus, was passing by on his way in from the country, and they forced him to carry the cross. They brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. Then they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. And they crucified him. Dividing up his clothes, they cast lots to see what each would get. It was nine in the morning when they crucified him. The written notice of the charge against him read, The King of the Jews. They crucified two rebels with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, So! You who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, come down from the cross and save yourself. In the same way, the chief priests and the teachers of the law mocked him among themselves. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. Let this Messiah, this King of Israel, come down now from the cross that we may see and believe. 
those crucified with him also heaped insults on him. At noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lima sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing near heard this, they said, Listen, he's calling Elijah. Someone ran, filled a sponge with wine vinegar, put it on a staff, and offered it to Jesus to drink. Now, leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down, he said. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus saw how he died, he said, Surely this man was the Son of God. Some women were watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James the younger, and of Joseph, and Salome. In Galilee, these women had followed him and cared for his needs. Many other women who had come up with him to Jerusalem were also there. It was preparation day, that is, the day before the Sabbath. So as evening approached, Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent member of the council, who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God, went boldly to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Pilate was surprised to hear that he was already dead. Summoning the centurion, he asked him if Jesus had already died. When he learned from the centurion that it was so, he gave the body to Joseph. So Joseph bought some linen cloth, took down the body, wrapped it in the linen, and placed it in a tomb cut out of rock. Then he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where he was laid. As Susan was reading this, uh, three things stuck out uh, from this text. Uh, One is, how close can you get to Jesus and still miss him? And Judas gives us the answer to that. You can be kissing close. So you can look like you're a Christian. You can behave yourself, have a high moral code, attend church services, even serve in the church. But if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you can miss him. And that's what happened in Judas' life. So close he could kiss him, but still miss him. Some of the saddest scriptures in the Bible are when Jesus talks about, depart from me, I never knew you. And some of the people who thought they knew God missed Jesus. The uh, extreme humility of Jesus is another thing that sticks out. Philippians 2 talks about how he humbled himself. And uh, the mocking has always stood out to me as as a child. It used to fire me up. And it uh, wasn't until I was a little bit older that... uh, I came to realize that it was me that kept Jesus nailed to the cross when they're saying, let him come down and show us he's the king and he's the Messiah. But Jesus had the higher calling to be the redeemer of mankind. And lastly, uh, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Uh, Jesus endured God forsakenness so that we wouldn't have to. And ponder with me for a little while what God forsakenness would look like. Um, um, We really don't have a concept for that because God is 
evident throughout his creation and even how the solar system and the universe is ordered. So, but think about the attributes of God, just a few of them, and think what it would be like for them to be absent. God is light. So God forsakenness is darkness. We're talking about cave darkness. If you've ever been in a cave and they turn out the lights, you cannot see your hand in front of your face. Absolute darkness. God is our firm foundation. So to me, God forsakenness would be that feeling of of, uh, slipping and sliding uncontrollably. Um, Also, when I think of God forsakenness, I'm I'm reminded that uh, God is love. And God, even before he created man, uh, he was in relationship with himself. So God is community. God is companionship. So God forsakenness, dark, sliding away, loneliness. And the last one I'll uh, think about with you is um, what it would be like to have this insatiable desire never fulfilled. We were created for God, but not having God would lead to this longing that would never be quenched, an unquenchable thirst. Well, if you're listening to this before the uh, uh, noontime on uh, Good Friday, April the 15th, I'd like to encourage you to hear more about uh, this text uh, the good fr- and sit in the suffering of Good Friday as we're having uh, uh, a Good Friday service in the in town square, weather permitting. And uh, we have Easter services uh, on Saturday, 4.30, 6 o'clock p.m., and then our regular schedule on Sunday, 8.20, 9.40, and 11, but also have an early service, hopefully in the town square at uh, 7 a.m. So hope to see you there. Be blessed. Thank you guys for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. As always, we hope that you heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk and reflect Christ in your everyday steps. To find out more information about New Vision, you can go to newvisionlife.com or follow us on Instagram at newvisionlife. Again, we're for you, we love you, and we look forward to seeing you back here on Monday.